All right, welcome everybody. This is the Let's Taco About It podcast with Chef Dom, a podcast that aims to break down the, the wall between the consumer and the passionate people who aim to please them. Every week I'll be interviewing another chef from my hometown of Albuquerque, New Mexico, and at the end of each episode, we will make a one-of-a-kind taco that represents my guests and their passion. Today I'm featuring a good good buddy of mine, chef, that I, I highly respect out here in Albuquerque, uh, Chef Tony Sakucha. Sakosha. Sakosha. Yes, Excuse me, I'm sorry. Uh, no problem. I don't, I, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I've met like, like two people in my whole life that ever said it right on the oh, first yeah. try, so <laughs> don't worry about and, it. And right now on camera, you're looking like a little shorter than me, but... It, yeah, well, you know, I had a, I had a trouble I, getting my foot to touch the, the chest. Injury. I, I, I rigged the chair for him over here, so, so we could be the same height. But this guy's huge; he's a, he's a lengthy one. Anyways, Tony, why don't you, uh, why don't you let everybody know about, a little bit about yourself? Oh yeah, name's uh, Tony Sakosha. I'm uh, currently the chef at the uh, Indigo Crow Cafe in Corrales, New Mexico. Um, I've been cooking for uh, just under 15 years. Um, school of hard knocks guy. Okay. Um, you know, my, my story pretty much, I uh, originally wanted to be a, uh, I wanted to be the GM of a golf course. Oh, nice. <laughs> you know, front, front of the house stuff. Uh, you know, I just always looked at a golf course being a leisure, leisurely environment, you know, and, uh, you know, just had this very uh, not well thought out idea about managing a golf course. And, you know, I'm, to this day, I've never even played. So, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was kind of. <laughs> nice. Well, I mean, that's that's great. That's part of, yeah. that's one step is to, to manifest and manifest. Sure. You know, just envision it, you know, and you, you envision yourself as GM of a golf right, course. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, I, I, I ended up uh, taking a, a program at a, what was called uh, TVI at the time. It's okay. CNM now. It was a hospitality and tourism course or a, a program for uh, associate's degree and um, you know when I when I first started going to school I told myself I wanted to work in the industry right you know and then and then hopefully kind of have a, a, a parallel path between my experience and what I was learning in school okay. and then maybe you know meet at the end so right. you know I didn't end up being one of these people that had a piece of paper and you know telling people to do things I didn't know how to do and hadn't done myself right you know just these, these ideas I had and everything so, uh, you know, I, I ended up taking a real bottom level position at a hotel as a dishwasher. Oh, okay. Um, and, you know, I mean, I guess as far as cooking goes, I, I got a, what I would consider some natural abilities. Lots of people in my family cook. My mom was a private cook. Right. Uh, my brother cooks. Uh, my grandfather, who, who actually inspired me to cook, was, was a professional cook. Um, so, you know, I mean, I guess I, I maybe had that sort of uh, gravity going on, right? Right. And so, uh, you know, I was washing dishes at this place. And it was a short order, short order kitchen, oh. and you know the spaghetti and meatballs, uh, Alfredo <laughs> that that was already made for the yeah, whole yeah. week on, right. on Sunday, and, right. you know putting pepperonis on pizzas and things like that, and you know it, it was just me and a cook every night. Uh -huh. So you know I got I got um, lots of exposure to what he did every night, and, and even ended up helping him sometimes. You know just simple things like hey go warm up the the, the white sauce in the bag, and, yeah, yeah. you know put the pepperonis on the pizza. And, uh, you know, doing that, like I said, I had, had somewhat of a knack for it, I guess. And uh, this guy got fired one night, man. And, oh, and they were just no. like, hey, uh, hey, you. <laughs> <laughs> so, you Get know, in there, kid. Yeah, man. It, it, it really was that. And, and you know, I had learned the, the menu up to that point. And I just, bro, for a year, dude, I, I, I cooked and washed my own dishes uh -huh. for, for the, the wage that I was making as a dishwasher uh -huh. before they even gave me the, the cook's wage. Right. Um, so, you know, I mean, I guess you could say I got a, a small amount of chops doing that. But um, either way, it was just kind of this foot in the door of yeah. cooking that, that I didn't even realize I liked doing. And in about a year of doing that, I actually put it in an application uh, 
at the Hyatt Tamaya yeah. right, with Chef Cheryl Scalabay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. And, uh, you know, I don't know if she thought I was a culinary student or what, but, but you know, she, she decided to give me a crack. And as, as a cook, too, no less. Oh, wow. And, and so, you know, I, I showed up there in my first day. She was like, so you didn't even tell me you're a culinary student and you don't have your own set of knives. You know, and I feel like, to this day, I feel like the wrong answer would have been, well, I'm not a culinary student. But, uh, you know, I, I was just like, well, shoot, I'll, I'll bring him tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and fortunately, I had, I think actually my younger brother was in culinary school at the time, and he had an extra set of knives. So, yeah, oh, lo and nice. behold, the next day I showed up with some knives, man. And um, true story, I, I honestly, I, I faked it a bit till I made it over there. Yeah. And, and I, I showed up there with uh, Raul. Yeah. Raul was working at Corn Maiden, uh, uh, another friend of ours. Uh, uh, Aaron Spring was, was in the, the Santa Ana Cafe, and um, yeah, man, I showed up there hardly knowing how to hold a knife and everything oh like God, that, man. and um, hard knocks with uh, Chef Mike Percio, uh, gosh, who else do we have, Rodney Ashley, yeah. uh, you know, a couple of guys that are still around today, and, and you know, I just, I, I faked it till I made it there and left there about two years later, one of their better cooks, and one of the guys that was leaving there was opening up this new spot. Um, that, that there was going to be this real chic steakhouse and everything like that. And, um, you know, it, it was a chance to move up a little bit and pay and everything right. like that. Because that was the thing I hated about working at the Hyatt. They don't ever want to pay me nothing. I think I remember uh, talking to your brother and, and you guys, you both went to go work we at did. that steakhouse yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah we yeah, did. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, opened but, it up together. Uh -huh, like, yeah, 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 but a buddy of mine, Brad, had partnered up with... Uh, you know, these two guys in town, that huge place, man. I, I think it was like a $4 million building or something. It still sits there. Um, but, you know, this really huge concept and everything. And, um, you know, it, it ended up not working out. I feel like it was something that wasn't really uh, tailored for Albuquerque, both right. business and, and consumer-wise. Um, you know, people don't eat $140 steaks out here all that often. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah that's, a, that's a hard thing is, like, um, finding the the balance between like your dream passion sure. and then the market sure you know like you gotta you gotta still make make your rent and, right. and make a profit right. of it it's we a make business, a living it's a business at the right. end of the day i think that's one of the reasons why i i fell in love with small scale you know and like what i got here with Dia los tacos um, and yeah it's just something i'm used to just something that i can uh, control some of those variables, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, like hiring on employees and, and training them and stuff like that. It, to run a, a, a massive restaurant, you know, it's, it's hard to do, you know. I mean, it's it's really, uh, some, you could do some amazing stuff with sure. that, but there is a lot of headache yeah, in doing time. it, you know. And so, oh. so I just like, I like that small scale uh, where it's just more intimate and, right. and those, those, Headaches can be a little more sure. controlled. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I think even even on a smaller scale, like like when it comes to menu, you know, I think as a chef, a lot of times when we get that opportunity, we want to you know boast our culinary prowess and be as creative as yeah. we can be, and you know, and a lot of times we we forget how it all works and, and the fact that nine out of ten times we're not even the one executing this, yeah. this food, and, and you know, and then secondly, who are we selling this to? Right, mm -hmm. and, and yeah, you know, it's it's great to. Um, you know, pull out the tweezers and make all this this, this this really fantastic, expensive food. But then again, who are we selling it to? And are we going to even be able to sell it? Exactly. You know? yeah. And so, you know, this place, um, the steakhouse, didn't, didn't really make it and everything. But, you know, through this entire time, I'm still learning everything. And, right. Um, to this day, I consider myself the uh, difference between a culinary grad and, and a hard knock guy like myself is I don't know anybody any money. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and I made money mm -hmm. learning what I know today. And, you know, so this process has been ongoing, and I left there, and uh, 
actually did did a stint working in some of the casinos around town. Okay. Which, uh, um, you know, is another good experience and everything like that. Uh, I feel like the difference between your bigger uh, properties like that and your smaller operations is, yeah, you know, just the um, the closeness you have to, to all the creative process and all the, the management sorts of things. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, you work at you work in a. Um, some of these bigger operations, you got ten bosses, and you got to answer everybody. And you know, especially with menu development, you yeah. know, it's this big, what could be a bureaucratic process sometimes. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, in a smaller operation, uh, you answer to less people, less yeah. people to make happy. In, in the business side of things, yeah, right. And then, uh, you know, on the on the, the guest side of things, yeah, you have more access to the people that you are actually, you know, keeping you in business. Yeah, absolutely. you know, and and I, and I feel like in doing that, you get you get more in touch with what they want, and you get better at making these menus. Right. And if you're going into business. Figuring out how to make a business that these people are going to like because you're so uh, acquainted with them already. Absolutely. You know, and yeah, you get that a lot more on the smaller level than you do on uh, you know working in these bigger operations where you don't even get much exposure to the guests a lot of times. No, absolutely. You know, and, yeah. And granted, uh, you know, that's not a that's not a knock by any means, but it's also we all have our different goals and, and how we think we're going to get there. Sometimes, like uh, I put it one way, is is sometimes that that's the fulfillment that you need at the end of the day is is um, to to see that guest happy yeah. and smile. You know, I mean, there was there was times, um, you know, I worked at, uh, I opened up a uh, whiskey, you okay. know, up on yeah, the, yeah, yeah. and so, you know, I sure. came from do, from running a sushi bar, you know, and having uh, that guest interaction, and then to go, and you know, and that kitchen was not a show kitchen, so you were just sure. in there in the back. Yeah. Um, but I do remember that there were some days where, uh, some guests, they were just really just so happy with their meal that they came back to the kitchen, right. you know, and, and actually thanked us, you know, and shake, shook our hands, handed us all $20 bills or whatever, yeah, you know? yeah. And, uh, and that really just, like, helped motivate you to get through to the next day, you know? Like, I think it's uh, um, Chef Mark Quinones, he put it, uh, enduring, you know, and sometimes sure. you need that. Yeah, that that encouragement to get through one day and get on to the next because yeah it, it is just a constant sure um, you know repetition when it, it's not necessarily a, a a very rewarding profession in a lot of ways exactly you know it, like like you're speaking of uh, uh, you know working in the back of the house kitchen I feel fortunate where I'm at right now that I have kind of a semi open kitchen uh -huh. right uh, you know there's a little bit of a window and everything and what the opportunity that gives me is. I get to see people's reaction to food a lot, mm -hmm. you know, and, and without necessarily them sitting at the bar and watching everything I do and creating that sort of environment. Right. I, I still get to, uh, we, we operate like, a, you know, your true back of the house, but we just get that window, you know, Absolutely. And, and even when I bring on new people, I tell them, you know, one of the only rewards you're going to get here in this place right now is uh, when, when, you know, when you make something, you send it out, watch them, watch yeah. them, see where it goes. And if you can see the guests, watch them take that first bite. Yeah. And, and I, and I swear to you that that's your reward. Yeah. You know, you're not, we don't get paid extremely well. Um, you just generally don't find yourself getting patted on the back a lot of times by management or anyone else. And, right. and um, you know, learning to recognize those rewards early on is what's going to be in, yeah, endearing to you to, to keep to keep doing it for a living because, yeah, at the end of the day, it's stressful, it's tough, yeah. it's mentally and physically um, I don't know, tiring. Just, ta yeah, yeah, just taxing. <laughs> like you know, it just takes a, takes a toll on on your your whole body, you know, and, and uh, your mind as well, uh, which affects you know you and and out, outside sure. outside of the restaurant. You know, it's hard for us to, to just shut it off. You know, yeah, like we're constantly in, in like restaurant mode. You know, and it's uh, how much time do we spend there? <laughs> I, know, <laughs> I know, right? Um, I thought it was funny. Um, I think on Facebook a while back, uh, there was a thing where you know one of those copy this, post it or whatever. Oh, it was sure. something like um, comment. 
with the picture that you feel represents me. Right. And so I, I did it. And sure enough, all the pictures that I got were all food. Like yeah. people just sent, <laughs> just yeah, posted no, pictures of food. I'm like, ah, damn, that's that's all I am. You know? yeah, and but you know, it, to myself, I feel like I'm much more than that. But sure. uh, and the the my coworkers were the ones who actually saw that side more right. of of who I am. Um, you know, and so that's that builds that goes into just talking about like the the family aspect of right. of like our job and how important it is to to have. Uh, just a nice cohesive kind of family type sure. environment with your with your coworkers. Well, and, and once again, you know the, the amount of time you spend there. I, I tell I tell people I work with constantly. You know, I consider you guys family. Mm-hmm. And when I say that, you know, it's a I spend more time with you than I do my actual family. Yeah. Uh, B. Um, you know, just like family, I may not necessarily even like something, <laughs> uh, but but we all gotta coexist, right? Yeah, yeah. And and you know, we we um, just like family, we all are just there together all the time, and and we all have these common goals, and and you kind of just build this bond with people by, if nothing else, by being with them so often. Absolutely. You know, and and there's a camaraderie that you build, and sometimes friendship. And, and you know, just it's a bond that, that you carry, you know, throughout your entire career and, and even your life. I know uh, sometimes, you know, after these food fights and other things, I, I run into, you know, run into a lot of the, the, these acquaintances that we all share. And, and I, true, honest to God, man, I, I forget how I know everybody. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like I feel like at some point we all worked in this one kitchen together, yeah, man. Yeah. Which I get, yeah, Albuquerque, you know right. what I mean? Uh, and, 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 you know, and I like that because I, I feel like that just means there's this, like, fluidity of, of uh, passion and knowledge and, and interest and, right. and, and even the, the, the direction we all go with our food, I feel like, isn't too far off from each other. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that it's uh, what I really enjoy about, like, the food fights, which uh, Chef Mike White, you know, was putting together. And, uh, you know, shout out to Chef Mike, um, you know, he's doing an amazing job setting those up. I know that guy just... He's just constantly working, constantly creating, constantly doing some amazing stuff with the community. Um, so I, I'm, I'm hoping to get him on the podcast here soon. But uh, you know, the environment at these uh, food fights, it's almost like a unspoken um, kind of uh, respect, you know, sure. between all the chefs or whatever. And like we, like we don't need to explain. Like right. the day that we just had, we all know that right. what, the day that we all just had or whatever, we can finally just just enjoy sure. the moment. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then, yeah, just like collaborate and, and talk about ideas or whatever, maybe like build on those ideas yeah, together. You know? and, so some of those uh, relationships you form um, networking like that could be the most valuable ones you make. Oh, absolutely. You know, whether you're speaking from a business perspective or, you know, obviously a personal one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, uh, you know, a, a lot of times we... we uh, you know, we, we, we kind of watch the Food Network and everything, and, you know, I, I feel like a lot of us have aspirations to want to wanna, uh, be on there and do do a lot of things we see the chefs on there do. And what we don't see on there is the everyday grind of, mm-hmm. of what us, you know, working chefs do. And, and you know, and I think that's what we recognize in each other when we yeah. see each other, you know, at these events is everybody's a little bit hosed and yeah. a lot of us just got, <laughs> literally got off a ship. Yeah. And, you know, and I, I mean, I, th- I feel like that's why these things started like 9, 10 o'clock at night sometimes. Oh, yeah. You know, that's the only time you can nail any of us down. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think those things are really important. And, and, you know, it's those same types of relationships that have helped carry me through my career. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I was I was fortunate to get to, uh, you know, have some good chefs take me under their wing early on and, and, and show me the, the path. You know, mm-hmm. even even uh, on lots of different levels of, of everything from, um, you know, even, even culinary direction with the food itself to, 
you know how to just get through a situation or two or or you know the uh some of the best gigs you get are are through uh, word of mouth you know yeah. what i mean you don't find them on craigslist yeah. it, it's you know a, a, a chef that you respect that's that's reputable has a spot open and you find out about it somehow before anyone else because he knows who you are and, and there's a mutual respect there right you know a lot of the i feel like most desirable positions get filled that way yeah um i think uh, another thing you you spoke about the money uh is never really that great that's not why we're in it you know it's the, you know, sometimes it's that guest uh, interaction or, or appreciation from the guest that helps us, or um, it's understanding of all the skill and the tools that you're sure. that you're adding to your toolkit. You know, of, of you know, I know that was that was kind of my path is that I kind of became like a journeyman of of just going uh, and working in different kitchens, but with the intent of gathering knowledge, right, like yeah. taking in sure. all this skill, all this knowledge, or whatever, because I'm like looking over at the chefs. That I'm working with, you know, and the chefs that I'm working under, of uh, you know what they're doing, and, and kind of um, like that. What, but what I do see nowadays is I, um, you know, as I've brought up chefs under me, is sometimes the younger generation, um, maybe they're just a little too excited about getting to point, sure. getting to this point without understanding of all the hard work or or what it takes actually to get there. Like, you know, it's about yeah. showing up every day. Absolutely. You know, and then that the lessons are, are kind of uh, hidden inside sure. of the inside of the work for the day. Sure. You know? like yeah. they're, they're, the lessons That's, are everywhere. It's, it's not it's not just on a paper in front right. of you. Yeah. Like this is what you're going to learn today. It's like, well, I mean, yeah, I think I think if you, you step in any kitchen. Right. And, and I think as a chef, you you always have an appreciation for your your most uh, rounded guys. Yeah. Right? You know, your roundsmen. And, and, you know, that that's one thing I, I preach constantly is. Um, you know, make yourself as valuable as possible, right? And um, you know, I feel like you're you're more well served in a kitchen, being um, you know really being being knowledgeable and able to do lots of different things rather than specializing right away. You know, and especially at a young young spot in your career where you know you want to take off with a certain ethnicity of food or yeah. you know a certain style of food, as as opposed to yeah, getting your chops in different styles of restaurants. Uh, I know, you know, myself, I, I kind of pride myself in being able to throw down in, in you know, a really um, casual burger spot or, you know, a, ni- a nicer high-end fine dining spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and I feel like I wouldn't be able to do that had I just uh, um, worked in one of those types of places, Absolutely. right? You know, I, yeah. I feel like the best the best thing I um, have to offer is my experience. Yeah. You know, and even when, when I have, um, you know, once again, being a hard, a hard knocks guy, uh, what I what I offer my cooks is, you know, I don't always know the French term for something, yeah. right? Uh, you know, I, I a, a lot of times the the, the things that, that I've learned, um, I don't even realize I've yeah, learned, yeah. right? Because it's all been so hands-on in things. But what what I feel like I really offer to a, a younger cook is is just a, a sort of wisdom that, that you only get with experience. Yeah. You know, that, that is literally irreplaceable with any amount of education. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Where... Uh, you know, say 10, 15 years in a kitchen, there's just some situations where something you learned uh, in a formal environment doesn't apply. You yeah, know, yeah. And, and I mean, through in regular service, how many times does that happen? No, you know, it's exactly. like, I mean, countless. And so I feel like as a chef, I'm really solid with the concepts uh, of, of keeping your head on straight. You know what I mean? Uh, the mental organization that takes place and how it relates to, you know, I, I you tell people your, your your brain looks like what your station looks like. Yeah. You know, and, and when and when your station's very clean, you're you're moving around. Your movements are kind of clean. You, yeah. you look a little bit more fluid and mm-hmm. sharp. And, 
you know, the points where you walk in a disaster and a person usually they have their chef coats hanging out and aprons sideways and then wiping stuff you know, on their and, coat. And, yeah, and yeah. They, they've gone through 18 boxes of gloves and they've got opened up stuff and you can just look on their face that that's exactly what it looks like upstairs. Oh, you know? yeah, yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, yeah, I, I feel like those are all things that you only get learning doing it. And, uh, you know, I feel like, as, as me personally, that's what I bring to the table the most is, is those sorts of nuances, the savvy... Um, not necessarily a walking encyclopedia or not necessarily a, a culinary instructor. Right. You know what I mean? Um, and so sometimes I feel like the people that thrive most in my kitchen are, are those that um, bring some a good amount of culinary ability to, to the table, but also are just really impressionable. Yeah, yeah. Because I think, like, you know, I guess any business you want to bring, it's valuable to bring people on early in their, their uh, development because then you can kind of... You know, it's easier to instill certain yeah. things in them and, and, and coach them more. You're not, you're not um, fixing bad habits. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you're not wasting so much time yeah. fixing bad habits, and that's huge thing in our industry. Yeah, yeah. Once, once you got some, yeah, once you got an old dog who got so much bad habits, it's really hard to like just get that new information. And yeah, you're absolutely right. Oh, like teeth. the the people that I've enjoyed bringing up the most have been the ones with no experience, little yeah. to no experience, Hungry. you know, and just and just showing them. Yeah, and at the end of the day, somebody who just needs needs work needs sure. needs to get away from uh their their life outside right. you know like i mean i i i used to tell my my young chefs like think of this almost like a home or like a church yeah. like this is this is where we go to forget about all that because all we got here is nothing but work there's so much work to, to be done sure you know and so like get lost in this because um, this we can we can manage. Once you walk out those doors, right. there's nothing. Sure. There's you have no control of, over anything, you know. Oh. And uh, you know that's that's often the hard part for um, the younger chefs to to really understand. You know, is uh, how much how important that is just to keep showing up every day and just sure. and just like fall in love with what's in front of you. Fall in love with the sounds that oh, are man. going on. Fall in love with uh, just the that. That repetitive conversation that you have with a with a dish guy, you know, yeah, or yeah, even sure if they, they speak very little English, you know, like yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, uh, understand all the different things that that come with being a cook. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's it's you know, especially on a chef level. I mean, a lot of times you don't get to even uh, work service anymore. You yeah. know what I mean. Uh, so much of your job is just managing personalities. Oh, it's almost it. like a like a puppeteer. Yeah, like you're just like time. okay, now turn that off. Now now flip that. Uh, exactly. Yeah, you're burning over here. Yeah. Right. And it's just like it's a little more nerve wracking, but it's a different muscle that you're training. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. And and you know, understanding all these different things that that aren't just the food, because I think I feel like as any sort of professional culinarian, you kind of understand early on that that. Um, it's a it's a, a pretty basic skill set you need to even thrive at all in the business, you know. And you either got it or you don't. And I feel like the people that don't are weeded out very early on. Yeah. You know. And so, with that being said, I feel like at a certain level we can all cook, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? We all know how to cook, bro. <laughs> exactly. And and, and e even people on the lower levels, we, you know, that's just what's what we do every single day. Of yeah. course, we all know how to cook. It, it's it's understanding these other things, man, that that are gonna take you somewhere. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Uh. uh and, and, you know, even just as a chef, uh, I think it was Mark Quinones that told me one time, you have, a, you have an obligation to cultivate talent, you know? And so I, I try to keep that in mind and, 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 you know, recognizing all the learning experiences, the ones that I had to recognize in my path, yeah. you know? And uh, I've always felt like when that learning experience stops somewhere, that's when it's time to move on, you yeah. know? And that, that's kind of why my, my, you look at my resume or just my story and, and, you know, I've been 
few places, a lot of yeah, different yeah. places. And, and you know, after the stand at the casinos, uh, it was funny. I I worked with this French chef there, right? His name was Philippe, I think. And and you know, still still very green uh, and, and very uh, young in my my career. Um, he was just was that like stereotypical chef, man. The dude had like a like a very thick French accent. He wore the floppy hat, like all nine yards, bro. And in, in the entire building, oh, he was the one hats. guy that that came across as like what I remember thinking a chef was as a kid, right? Up, you know, and, and and so with that being said, right or wrong, I kind of like like looked up to this guy. I don't even think he knew, yeah, and yeah. he was just like worked there, right? <laughs> and uh, uh, you know, I I would try to pick his brain and, and this and that. And, I remember he, I asked him what his favorite restaurant in town was, and he, he told me uh, it was the Artichoke Cafe. Oh. You know, and so right then and there, um, and re- once again, this guy could have been nobody. <laughs> really? Yeah, you just, yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And so I was like, uh, well, shoot, that, that's got to be the restaurant, best restaurant in town. Yeah. And furthermore, I want to work there. Yeah. And, and I'm going to make a goal for myself right there. That's where I want to work. And, uh, you know, like short-term goals always being a little easier to, to grasp than the, the, you know, the big dreams. Yeah, I ended up over there, man. I, I took a significant pay cut to do it. You know, those, those one of the other pros of these bigger properties, a lot of times they pay better. You know, they've got a benefit plan and all these oh, things. And I know you, you have family. Yeah, you know. You know you little uh, Bill. Will. Yeah, William. <laughs> Will, Willie and Lily. Yeah, he's, he's over here hanging out with us. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, um, it's, 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 a, it's a little bit more... It's it's a little different when you have family that you need to provide for, sure. and and yeah and yeah the corporate jobs or whatever where you you know they keep you to a certain hours you know you you know and you have the team and you right. have the funding to to do some of this stuff uh, where you don't have to constantly be there and know? that really is the selling point of those places absolutely because you know they can be a little stifling in terms of uh, creativity mm-hmm. right you don't have the same liberties that you have in there. <clears throat> very true you know I mean uh, when you work in a smaller spot as, as even just a line cook. Uh, you make a really fantastic special that day. You can walk right into the owner's office yeah. if you want to, and they'd be like, Ooh, you know. And all of a sudden, you're on someone's <laughs> radar. And next time there's an uh, opportunity available, they're like, hey, you know, I remember that sandwich that so and so did. Yeah, yeah. Let's take a look at him. It, it really does work that way. Absolutely. You know, and those sorts of opportunities don't happen in the bigger, the bigger uh, properties. And, and you know, and I and I understand. I feel fortunate that I understood that at a younger age, and. Uh, was able to kind of like plan a path of, of learning that, yeah. that still continues today, you know. And uh, our show cafe, we yeah, went from you know places where you you didn't even prep your own station to walking in and just getting handed a prep list without even recipes, right? You know, and and you know some some guys would take you aside, you know, you learned the the, the ropes through uh, you know some of the more senior cooks and everything. But yeah, at the end of the day, it was a completely different environment. Right. All you know, lots of scratch cooking. Uh, and then developing your own specials. Uh, yeah. I remember specifically, uh, they had a grill station there where you had to do a special every day and a salmon special, salmon specifically. <laughs> and uh, you know, and that was every single day on top of doing the prep for your station. You yeah. know, and, and I just remember that was that was I felt like that was really challenging. And when I felt like I got it, I I really did feel like I had taken a step up in in terms of what I brought to the table. And uh, you know, I I kind of plateaued out there. You know, just in terms of what was going on. I mean, even when you uh, develop to a certain point, that doesn't always mean there's a spot for you. Yeah. You know, and when you could be in a restaurant and, you know, you might be their best cook and you may have even have, in some ways outperformed their sous chef, right? Yeah. But, but at the end of the day, they already got a sous chef. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? They're not going to fire him <laughs> yeah. and they shouldn't fire him to, to make you their sous chef. So, you know, you move on. Yeah. And, and, and that, that's kind of the, the, um, 
how it's worked out for me some places, you know, and, and um, I had the opportunity of working with uh, Rafael Zamora when he was here at Vintage for a little while. I worked with Mark Quinones at, at Bien Sure for a while. Actually, I, I worked with Mark at Route 66 for like two oh, seconds, really? which that's, uh, <laughs> I mean, that's that's years ago, man. And sometimes I forget that. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? I, I, so my initial impressions of Mark actually come from there. And yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, everything I, I, I talk about him in reference to is always Bien Sure, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's where he really, really blew up and everything like that. But once again, it's just this, you, you just have these constant uh, entities in, yeah. in your life that are just you know influential to you, and I think you can't figure out where they come from. I've seen I've seen some of those old uh, pictures of some of the the group that that uh, Mark had over there at Venture, and uh, I think Raul was part of the team, right? Yeah, uh, right. Alan. Me and him didn't end up there at the exact same time, but uh, yeah, I was there with Alan yeah, for yeah, a second. I, yeah, there was, uh, it, but it seemed like there was just like a really powerhouse team sure, that was yeah. there at one time because all those, all like they were head chefs in all their own respect. Sure. You know, that would, well, and, and, you know, to, to Mark's credit, it's it's kind of like, you know, basketball. I remember when uh, all those guys first signed with the Miami Heat, you got LeBron and yeah, yeah. D-Way, you know, and it was one thing to have all that talent on the team, but then everybody saw the struggle of Eric Spolster to kind of put it all together and yeah. actually make it a winning team to get a yeah. title, which they weren't even able to do the first year, yeah, even though exactly. everyone felt like they should have. You know, it's the same thing in the kitchen. Like, as a chef, you're the coach, and you know you really have a, a responsibility of getting people where they're strongest and building a team. You know, mm -hmm. and because sometimes you can bring in all the talent in the world, you know, and, and end up with a bunch of individuals right. that all have their kind of own agendas and and you know can, can be insubordinate because maybe they they're, they're little divas because they are talented. Right. Uh, you know, and and sometimes, shoot, I say it all the time that. Probably one of the harder parts of being a chef is corralling all of that and channeling it properly and getting the best out of these talented guys. Yeah. Uh, and, and still, at the same time, earning and maintaining their respect. You yeah. know what I mean? And, and uh, leading them. Yeah. You know, because I, I feel like at the end of the day, that's that's where your your key is. Is you got to lead them. You know what I mean? And um, they got to feel like you lead them. And you do that by you know sometimes working right alongside them. Yeah. You know, it, I think some. Sometimes we get disconnected from our chefs, or as chefs, we become disconnected from our guys because we spend a lot of time in the office, or right. we walk around the clipboard, and we just kind of lose touch with that uh, that fire of being on the line. Right. You know? yeah. Which I feel very fortunate where I'm at now. I cook every night. Yeah. You know, I, I, I work a station every single night, and I feel like that keeps me uh, keeps my brain fresh to relate to these guys. Absolutely. You know, I mean, I'm one of them. In that right. moment, I'm just another dude with a with a saute pan in front yeah. of me. You know, I mean. There may be there situations where, yeah, you got to step up and be the chef. But for the most part, we're all just cooks at that yeah, time. Yeah. And uh, I feel like that's – I've never been the type of uh, chef or person in general to walk around my chest, my chest puffed out. Hey, I'm the chef. And, you yeah. know, I even make a point now where I'm a chef coach to not put chef on there. Yeah, yeah. You know, if someone told me that, uh, you know, you should be able to walk in the kitchen and tell who the chef is without whatever it says on their coat. Mm -hmm. You know what so I try to pull that off while still being on the trenches with these guys, yeah. you know, and, and I feel it, it works out pretty well for me. Um, but but moving forward, I feel like the biggest realizations I ever made that, that made me the difference from a cook to a chef is that's uh, yeah, that teaching, that 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 learning process, yeah. you know, even being on both sides of it. Right. You know, it, it's one thing to hold a certain amount of knowledge as a cook or chef. It's another thing to be able to share that with someone else and right. do it in a, I mean, you. Uh, we're talking about tacos the other yeah, day, yeah. And, and you know I've been thinking of this taco or whatnot, and uh, it's another thing I talk about writing down a recipe. Mm -hmm. You know, if it's your own recipe, 100%, and it's never been written down before, to write one down and have it be accurate, 
people have no idea yeah. how, how, how difficult that can be. You oh, know, absolutely. And, and once again, keeping in mind that when you write a recipe, you put something on the menu, you're not going to be the dude that's getting a lot of time. <laughs> exactly. So it's really important to know how to do that and do it well. You know, and um, not have 40 ingredients in, in yeah, one recipe. Yeah, yeah. And, and like do it on, on your, Keep it simple. Yeah, yeah for, you know, and, and, and keeping, uh, or, or, you know, put a lot of the work on the prep side of things. You right. know what I mean? So that during, during service, it's still an easy execution. And you can, someone on the skill level that you're paying at. Exactly. You know, which yeah. is another significant thing, can, can do it and can do it consistently, mm -hmm. you know, because that, that's, that's what we're all doing. Um, so, yeah, man. It, yeah, one of the, um, so, when I was in San Diego and I opened up this, um, I helped open up uh, Cloak and Petal out there. It's yeah. uh, kind of higher end uh, Japanese social dining was the concept. Sure. Um, but yeah, we were a brand new restaurant. We had a um, you know a chef with a lot of Japanese experience. You had me, uh, but now we got to build a team. But during like trying to bring people in, we're still remodeling the restaurant, sure. so we didn't have anything really to show them. You know so. Yeah. Like that was a really hard part for us to to kind of find the elements of the team when we're trying to just have them buy in right. to something that sure. they don't even know what's sure. going. On. It's not like we had a restaurant that was already complete. Like, Open hey, and they're top, like, oh man. my god, you know. And then like we didn't even have the menu laid sure. out, you know. Sure. And uh, but not only that, the level that of the food that we were doing was highly elevated. Sure. The chef that that I was working alongside. Um, uh, Trace Jerome, by the way, shout out to him. Uh, amazing chef with uh, a lot of Japanese knowledge and a lot of respect for Japanese cuisine and uh, somebody who I still have, hold in high regards um, to his cooking. Um, but he, it was all about fine detail, a lot of intricate knife work, yeah. you know, and he was, uh, he was one of those guys who was like, no, it's not good enough. That's, that's yeah, makanai. Yeah, that's, sure. that's for family meal. Like, yeah. we, we can't use that for service. Like, Dude, that's the best that they can do, you know, because yeah. like, they, they're like base level mm. um, culinary kids, you know, and, and uh, yeah, some of these guys who just couldn't hold a job. So without those building stages of that restaurant were super tough, just uh, just trying to get people um, who in. can not only, well, to, I had to work with the chef to have them dumb down the cuisine a little bit, which he was not happy about, yeah. but it was like, what is the reality of what we can do with sure. what we have right now, with our resources. Sure. We will build up to that, right. but we need to we need to just get some money generated sure. right now, you right. know, and yeah. Well, and you know, and, and I think that's that's significant in, in that, and once again, when we're talking about uh, food and, and, and just how we get it to people, yeah. you know, uh, that a lot of what goes on in that process is lost, you know, oh, yeah. and we, we watch, we watch TV and not just the Food Network, just the way food is portrayed, the way chefs are portrayed, the way the restaurant industry is portrayed. It's the, the you know, it's the press clean white coats, yeah. it's shiny kitchens and they're, you know, they're, they're not even dirty, man. And, yeah. and um, you know, I, I think we get, we forget that, uh, uh, you know, there, there's a process all the way from growing and, and raising animals to, to how we cook it in kitchens and, and that, and how it gets to your, your place, oh, absolutely. you know, and, and I think, um, you know, it's once again, even with like the, the cooks that we bring in our kitchens, you know, people just have a wrong idea of how that all works. Mm -hmm. and, and we, you know, it, it's everybody from the people that open up restaurants, the people that work in them, the people that eat in them, right. are just kind of forget or lose the, re the real reality of, of what, yeah, once again, what we can and can't do. Absolutely. You know, I, I think farm to table concept. Yeah. Uh, fine dining. True fine dining. Yeah. You know, I mean, you, you're working at just a little place and you got to make food costs. It's like you need to do a little more than the center cut of the tenderloin, bro. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, like you yeah. only get four of those. You need to get like nine. Yeah, dude. yeah. And, and yeah, they're not going to all be like 
Two center cuts. So yeah, don't yeah. put that on your menu. <laughs> no one else is impressed that you're doing that. Right. You know, and and you, you got to realize those sorts of things as a chef, as a diner. You got to realize that. You know, if I want that experience of, of eating at Grand Atkins' restaurant, I need to go to Grand Atkins' restaurant. Mm -hmm. You know, because you're gonna pay for it, right? Yeah. You're gonna pay for everything from a reservation mm -hmm. to an extraordinary amount of money for just, you're not just paying for ingredients that go into it, you're paying for an experience, you're paying for the name of the dude that is on the menu, yeah. you're paying for all of those the things. The brand, yeah. Yeah, you know, and, and, and so here in Albuquerque. And he's, not, he's probably not even there. <laughs> so, so, you know, here in Albuquerque, uh, you have to temper that a bit, yeah. and, and um, it's hard, you yeah. know, because I think people see these things and they want that, yeah. you know, and so I feel like us chefs in Albuquerque have to give, we have to find a way to bring the most elevated cuisine we can and do it in the most realistic way we can, Absolutely. you know, and, and uh, it's hard, you yeah. know, because we, we all have our hopes and dreams, right, and then we all have what's what's really going on, and, and then we have the people that are coming and eating in our restaurant, you know, and I, and I think... But at the end of the day, sometimes we forget that those are the only people you got to make happy. Man. <laughs> exactly. the, 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 you know, as important as, as those those chef relationships are that we build and, and those sort of networks that come, they don't pay your bills. Yeah. You know, and, and sometimes they it's hard to even get them to come into your restaurant because they're always at theirs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, and so they're, they're literally not paying your yeah, bills. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, and I think sometimes, uh, you know, we, we forget that that why we do what we do. Right. You know, and... Um, and, and that, that just once again, the, the um, I feel like there's still a, uh, an opportunity for someone to kind of give a, a more, you know, and, and like this, yeah, uh, give, give people a better insight in, in how things really do go, and Absolutely. not and not scare them, yeah, you know, not maybe not quite all the way to Anthony Bourdain, kid, kid confidential <laughs> stuff, yeah, yeah, you know, but a little bit more of but like that yeah, stuff does exist, yeah, yeah, it's not necessarily Bradley Cooper in Burnt, yeah, yeah, but it's not. Uh, uh, not every place is like the, the guy from Swatting Flies either, right. yeah. you know, and, and um, I think as chefs, yeah, we, we all kind of just have this social responsibility to yeah, educate people and, and, and be uh, available to the public and take part in these events and, and listen to Dom's podcast yeah, and, and uh, show up to... to just any and everything having to do with chefs to get to know them on a level. Oh, no, so yeah, we got to we gotta touch people in the community and, yeah, and, and break down the, exactly what the podcast is about. I mean, just breaking down those walls between us or whatever and that, you know, we, we are approachable people and that if you have a question, just ask us. Yeah. You know, like, we'll tell you anything that you that you want to know. Um, uh, speaking of uh, chef movies, what's your favorite chef movie? Uh, favorite chef movie? If I gotta be honest, my favorite chef movie is Ratatouille, man. Ratatouille. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like one of the bigger things about that movie is, is uh, uh, you know, people forget it. it's 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 on point. Like yeah. Thomas Keller was the culinary consultant for all that. Oh stuff. yeah, so that's they, right. you know they're 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 talking about real things. They're yeah, they're yeah. executing proper stuff, and and I just feel like it. Uh, uh, it's about the food that yeah. that that movie. You know, right. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of the elephant or the a rat, yeah, <laughs> which yeah. is just the absolute not supposed to exist anywhere near a kitchen. Is not only in a kitchen, but he's driving and he's the chef. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Just totally glitch in the matrix <laughs> of, of, of the culinary world. Right. You know, and and so with that being the case, I feel like it takes all the focus away from him, and it's about the food. And somehow you get the. Uh, all you get from this rat is just love. You know, yeah. you just see how he just puts love in the food and he's able to even like direct that, that doofus into yeah. to, because it's so strong, you know, and, and you just 
even through an animated film, you're able to just pick up the love that's involved in food. And dude, I say it all the time. I know it's cliche. I know it's cheesy, but the most important ingredient in food here is love, bro. And and what I I say it all the time. I say it ten thousand times a day too. You know, uh, customers. You know, oh my god, this is made. What do you? you know, it's, honestly, it's the love. It's yeah. that extra care of of just like you said that your grandfather was your influence. Yeah. You know, and uh, my grandmother was mine. And um, like she just had a. It, like watching her in the kitchen, you're like, she's moving slow. Like, how is this yeah. ever going to get done? You know, but sure. she makes confident movements without mistakes and she keeps moving forward, you know, yeah. and everything gets done on time and it's all perfect, sure. you know, and um, um, it's, it's, she just, she just knew, like, uh, it's just that experience of doing it over yeah. and over again and then uh, doing it wrong and constantly improving. Like, she's made tortillas a million times, but each time sure. she goes, she tries to make them better sure. and better, you know? Um, and, yeah, it's so important. How would you translate w what putting love in the food is? Uh, I mean, it's, it's oh gosh, it's almost even hard to put into words. It's, you know, to me, it's, it's why as a chef, you know, I feel like uh, I worked in some kitchens. Um, sometimes chef hold their, their heart, their hand real close. Yeah. You know what I mean? They, they, they don't even share some recipes, right. uh, you know, kind of keep certain amounts of their knowledge locked away from people, right. you know, right. and, and, and a lot of times it's recipes, and yeah. things, you know, and, and, and I feel like that's always done out of fear, you yeah. know, that, that someone else is going to either replicate or possibly even do what they do better. Than right. Maybe, you know, yeah. I, I'm not like that. So I don't necessarily know exactly what that feels like, but that's what I feel like it's like, whereas me, I, I, I'm never scared to share a recipe with anybody because, yeah, it's like they're not going to put the same love into my thing yeah. I created as I do, mm -hmm. you know, so here, yeah. knock yourself out. Yeah. I even did it with this exact cast iron pan. You can even yeah. borrow it, you know, and you're not going to touch that steak the way I'm going to. You don't season it, look at it the way I do. You mm -hmm. don't uh, pull it off exactly the same time I do. You don't rest it for the same amount of time right. I do. You don't, uh, you don't have my palate. You didn't put yeah. the salt to pepper ratio to say I don't know lots of different things that just it's brought out through passion and love and it's not written down anywhere in the yeah, rest yeah. you know and and um, I think that that truly on just a cooking level is what separates a lot of us yeah. some of us are just really robotic and some of us are just these walking encyclopedias that can just throw things together and, and know all these recipes and things but some of us can just kind of feel our way through it yeah dish. And we do it intuitively and, and and with our heart. Yeah. For lack of a better way to put it, bro. And that that's that I feel like that's what I do. That's awesome, man. That's that's really beautiful. Um music in your kitchen. You guys listen to music do. while you're cooking? <laughs> I do, man. <laughs> you know, ah, man. And it's funny too because um uh, I look at a lot of music, big thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Huge thing. I, I really love music. We listen to a lot of music in, in the kitchen. Um and sometimes I feel like you don't necessarily want to listen to music that you like too much yeah. while you're working, right? right? You just want it to be like kind of like a background. I mean, yeah, you don't yeah, want yeah. to be like having to focus on 30 states and you're like, oh man, there's that new watch. Hold on, listen, you, have you guys heard this one? Yeah, yet? yeah. And you know, and <laughs> you, 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 so I kind of like to for just working uh, to just be able to hear someone else's music from afar. Yeah, A lot of times it doesn't matter what that music is, but when it comes to like prepping, yeah. breaking down, then it gets kind of serious. Yeah. And, and it, it, I, I'm kind of weird, bro, but I listen to, like, Mariah Carey uh, or, or, like, <laughs> like, uh, uh, like Daughtry or something yeah, weird yeah. and, like, Fleetwood Mac, but then, like, you know, like, Nipsey Hussle yeah. and, and, like, uh, um, Mac Miller or, or 
you know, more relevant, newer stuff too. Right. It's just like it's just all kind of a feeling and a vibe, you know. Like, yeah. And it's weird stuff because I know, like, you turn something on, you know, why, why would you, why, why, why what did you put that on for? Right. And it's just like I don't know, dude. It's, yeah. I don't know. You know? <laughs> I don't know. Just, just screw with it. And and. and I always tell people that they've never really truly worked with me unless they put out like a, a Friday Night Rush to some Janet Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and people that work with me will yeah. attest to that. It's not even something I'm necessarily bragging about. I just yeah. I got a very eclectic range of music that we listen to, but it's really a thing. No. And and um, I agree that that music can in in some ways be distracting. You know what I mean? So. Um, I feel like it's got to always be something you, you take a temperature of, you know what I mean? Sometimes right. you easily get carried away, you know, no, conversations start getting away, and, and you know, you're not getting your work done. But overall, I also feel like music creates a very um, productive and, and comfortable, uh, free-flowing environment that Absolutely. people, that cooks especially thrive in, right. you know, myself included. It's a, I don't know, it's no, no, I explain sometimes. No, no, you're absolutely right. Um, in the kitchen, like we always would jam out to music uh, when we prepped at uh, Cloak and Pedal, and all the restaurants I work at, you know, we always, uh, you know, would have our playlist. But then during service, we'd shut it off. Sure, right. Shut it off, and yeah. we would just focus on, you know, there's a lot of stuff being called, especially sure. the setup that we had, where we had a pass and we had an expo, expoing to all sure. the different stations, getting Lots this, of different getting this. Calls. And so yeah, music can can clutter sure. all that, and you know if there's incomplete silence or that you know breaks down the communication sure. and the sure. whole night just it's a slow on building train right. wreck, you know. But uh, but absolutely, you know I'm I'm kind of I feel the same uh, about music. Like um, I just love it all, you know. Like it doesn't matter, just whatever you're feeling for that day. Yeah. I'm, I'm always looking for something new. Uh, you know, to play. You know, anybody uh, who knows me, send me some new music. You know, I'm always uh, looking for something new. Um, but uh, you know, with, during service over here, uh, I enjoy that. I get to listen to like some lowrider oldies. Yeah. You know, and uh, and some funk. You know, I think like I don't know. I was thinking about it the other day, and um, you know, especially when I was watching Mark Quinones's video and how him and salsa, That's salsa awesome. music, and just watching his movement and flow, you know, it kind of yeah, makes right? sense. Yeah, makes sense. literally dancing while he was making the yeah. tacos. Yeah, and, no, and for me, like, funk is, like, it's in, it's instinctual. It's sure. impulsive. It's not, there's, you know, it's just kind of like, doo -doo 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 -doo. Sure. it's like what, whatever you're feeling. And that's sure. kind of like how my movements are in the kitchen, too, because yeah. there, oh. is no per there is when no you're... perfect, uh, like, you don't know how the orders are going to come in. Sure. It's not choreography. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So uh, you just kind of go with the flow and whatever whatever comes, you know. And so sure. funk music kind of ties into that. Um, well, I, I mean, shoot, even even when you're jamming on the line, and especially when you're jamming with another guy, they call it dancing. Oh, I mean, yeah. You're spinning around each other's back, uh, and, you know, yeah. and, it, and it could be, for lack of a better way to put it, a little intimate sometimes. Yeah, right? yeah. But, but it, it's, it's a, music can facilitate a lot of that, like, just smooth, where it kind of looks like a choreographed dance. Oh yeah, honest to God, and and uh, cooking is a lot of like. I mean, I think people truly underestimate the amount of mental and and physical ability that goes into cooking. Absolutely. I mean, it, it's a you know you you have all this focus going on, and while at the same time you're bending down constantly, you're you're lifting things, yeah. you're you know reaching around <laughs> stuff, and you know all this almost acrobatic stuff, yeah, dude. Absolutely. And, uh, and at the end of the night, you know, you, you're truly spent, truly yeah. spent. Oh, yeah. in, in every meaning of the word, I, uh, sometimes I get home and I just sit there and 
You know, other people can't like process it, but I just sit there and just sit there, man. Yeah, like, yeah. What, what are you doing? There, it's nothing. <laughs> just I'm doing I'm enjoying doing nothing. Gotta have a video do nothing yeah, all day. Yeah. I'll just do nothing. Just stop talking to Yeah, and, yeah. And, and you know, and, and I feel like, yeah, you know, that that's that that sort of decompression is typical of, of like people that do what we do, man, because it, it's very taxing in a lot of ways. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I put it as you know, as soon as I sit down, like I'm done. Like once yeah. I sit oh, down, man. like I'm done. It's like for the something day. turns out, and then yeah, I also yeah. remember that I didn't eat all day. Too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so then you go and you get a burrito or whatever. Yeah. You well, I, do, <laughs> do, that, do you cook for yourself at home? I do. Uh, you know, I, I feel like you know we. I, I tell people the reason why I cook is, you know, you, you're you're meeting basic human need when you feed someone. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and cooking, you're you're able to make that pleasurable, right? Yeah. That that's my reward. That's why like that's the most rewarding part of cooking. Absolutely. And so in doing that, cooking for people you care about. Or that you love is like tenfold, yeah. you know. And like so, cooking for my family, you know, my kids is, is, is you know, especially when they like it. I got a son who's super picky, you know. Yeah. I mean, my my daughter, uh, not not quite as much, but you know. And so when you get a little kid to appreciate yeah. uh, a recipe that you made, it it, it feels great, you know. And, and so I do cook at home, um, but during the work week, I don't eat at work, man. Yeah. And that, that I call it like a disease where. I don't know if it's just sensory fatigue from, you know, the same sights and smells and, and, and um, just visuals of the same thing over and over that kind of turn you off to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, boy, the second I walk out the door and get home, I'm like, man, why didn't I eat at work? And, <laughs> you know, I look in the, the pantry and there's only ramen noodles. And yeah. So. Speaking, speaking of, uh, of your restaurant, um, just I love, I love your plate-ups. Like, you have, you have just such a... Uh, a beautiful way of plating um, like I see a lot of like like almost like arcing like of, sure. of how you you plate like around like the rim of a plate almost maybe sure uh, and then uh, your intricate placings of, of ingredients uh, where do you get most of your your inspiration for like your plate you know I, I feel like a lot of uh, my biggest inspirations are like subconscious ones because I, I, I have trouble answering those questions yeah yeah you know like I, I couldn't tell you anyone uh, that that I well, you know, definitely know what I'm trying to mimic at all. But in terms of like who uh, inspires me, it, it's hard to really name anyone specifically. Yeah. I do know, uh, you know, and it's about social media. I look at everybody's stuff. Yeah. If you post it, I see it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I and I think I, I take in all of it. Yeah. Uh, you know, off the top of my head, uh, I know I've always I've always paid attention to things that like Mark Jonas does. Yeah, yeah. I pay attention to the things that. Uh, um, you know, Raphael doing, even even out in Utah, still still follow him on Instagram. I pay attention to the things you do. Right. I pay attention to the things Raul does. I pay attention to the things Martin Torres does. I yeah. pay attention to the things uh, uh, Sean Staggs is doing over at Ben Sure, Mike White, everybody. Yeah. You know, and so I'm sure I take some influence from all of them. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and I never feel bad about that because I feel like at the end of the day, it's what we all are all doing anyway. Oh, absolutely. We're, uh, my best ideas are what I thought were my best ideas. Yeah, yeah. I don't even my own ideas, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but they're but they're like um, they're like Frankenstein's of, sure, of right. like all these different and, and that's elements. That's what it all is. That's you know, exactly and, and so you know, I hope no one's offended if any of my plates ever inadvertently look like theirs. You know, whereas like I'm not offended if someone I feel like they're taking cues of my style either. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like uh, I feel good about at this point in my 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 path that I do have somewhat of a style. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think I, I have a I like putting emotions on plates. I think it adds an element that. I don't see it in a lot of entrees, yeah. you know, it, 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 that, you know, we have our standards of like protein, starch, vegetable sauce, you know, yeah, and I yeah. feel like that's always a standard for how we build our plates and, 
and sometimes something in between those, yeah. you know, which I feel like emotions do for me, uh, is something that that kind of creates another uh, another element of the dish that makes it all flow a little yeah. better. And I feel like that's a part of my style. Yeah, that, not that, all, that, not, not yeah. only visually, but the way it sits. Sure, on your tongue, yes, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and. Uh, I did at one point in my life before I actually started going to school for a list. I wanted to be an artist. Yeah. You know, and, and um, you know, I feel like cooking is channeling all that exact same creativity, Absolutely. right? And, and, and I feel like it's twofold. It's what you put on a plate and it's the flavors. And the yeah. flavors are their own, its own canvas and you're putting the strokes and all that stuff the exact <laughs> same way as you are on a plate. Right. You know, and, uh, and yeah, I, I feel blessed to have understood that, yeah, it is the same kind of creativity and I don't have to like be some kind of starving artist or wait for inspiration all the time because we have service we have our menus to rely right. on and when we get a great idea for a special or a new menu idea we can let those things happen naturally we Absolutely. don't have to like force it no, you know as opposed to I mean I I got neighbors that were artists before you know he just like man I don't pay my rent in months I can't think of anything to, to sculpt <laughs> yeah. I'm like yeah that sucks <laughs> and, and that, that sort of thing actually really really turned me off for being an artist because yeah. I felt like I um that dude that, yeah. that, that would just probably starve to death <laughs> yeah right with, with that sort of uh, how, how to make money so uh, I feel like like when, when we're cooking that's what we're doing is we're, we're creating art too no absolutely um, and there's some sort of uh, I remember seeing this like uh, documentary or this video about Buddhism you know and, and when they create art like they they take all this time to move this sand this sure. colored sand into this large art piece sure. and then once they're done they just wipe it all clean, right. and it's and it's about the not holding on. It's about sure. learning to not hold on, to have attachment to something, and accepting sure. of letting things go. That's that's yeah. really beautiful, and I think that's They're something that chefs don't. Yeah, that that chefs gotta understand is that that's beautiful. To you don't have to pull out the camera, and take a picture of it. Just that moment that you're sure. looking at, it and you're like, wow, that is sure. that's amazing. What was uh, what's one of the last things that you made where you like wowed yourself, where you're just like. Holy shit. Um, shoot, the, the last thing I, I made that I was really happy with, uh, I feel like sometimes for me it's not necessarily a, a specific version of a dish so much as like when I feel like I really nailed a menu item. Yeah. You know, uh, so for me personally, um, I like my pork dish at work. Yeah. Um, I, it, it's probably not even my, my in, in terms of like skill, skill dish I've ever pulled off. Uh, nowhere near my most creative dish I've ever pulled off, but I feel like it represents me very well. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it represents my menu very well. Uh, I think it, it's it, it's an example of what I do very well. Oh, yeah. You know, it, it's it's a little bit of like New Mexico's stuff going on with like green chili and the applesauce and uh, black beans and, and calabacitas and, 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 and pork. Mm -hmm. You know, but it, it's a uh, um, you know, it's a take on, on some things. It's a, I do like a succotash with the black beans. The pork, I put a real aggressive uh, marinade, similar to what I want to do with the taco. Right. Um, you know, with like some smoked paprika and some 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 heavy like Latin flavors. Uh, um, I, the the green chili applesauce, I feel like plays on the, the classic pork and apples pairing. You know, the green chili right. is, is the New Mexico. Yes, we force it in everything yeah. because it's versatile enough ingredient to do it, man. Absolutely. Like, oh, it's you know, it's amazing, I think man. that's a. People, people come out here and they look at like our, our, our chili as, as a, a novelty. Yeah. And in some sense, I guess it is, but, but I feel like that completely discounts the fact that it's a 
a personal ingredient. It is it's, the only thing that you can literally smother the entire plate in. Yeah. Whatever is underneath that blanket yeah. of chili is going to be good. Well, you, you make a sauce, you chop it. I, I've had green chili ice cream that, that I thought was fantastic. Yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> it, it, green chili sauce, uh, just a... Yeah, the, the versatility. But yeah, I, I plug it in there too, and, and, and I, I do it with no shame at all, man. Yeah. Uh, I think it's important to be a chef in New Mexico and, and to embrace what it is we bring to the table nationally on a culinary level. And it's it's chilly, man. Like it's New Mexican cuisine. We we're fortunate to live in a state that has its own cuisine. Yeah. You know, and I think as culinary professionals, we we should uh, feature that and and and. and, and Embrace it. I think you're absolutely right. So uh, me and my sushi buddies in San Diego, uh, we were working at Sushi on the Rock, and you know we had this this nightly uh, thing that we would do. We call it car bar, because <laughs> we all parked downstairs at the garage or whatever. And so after work, somebody would you know bring some beers, and you know we have uh, them on yeah, ice. Yeah. And so we have all of our late night conversations just down in the parking garage, just drinking beers. Uh, but so we would like brainstorm, like not even knowing it. And this one time we brainstormed the idea of. You know, there's a California roll, there's a Philadelphia roll, but then there's all these other states or whatever that don't have like their own roll. So let's let's do 50 for 50. I remember we called it, and we did uh, a yeah, sushi roll inspired by each actually, each yeah. state. And we just like the easiest way was just to do it in alphabetical order. Sure. And we did one for every day. So it was like okay, we sold. You know, first one I think was like Arkansas or something like that, and we did. Uh, I think they were known for like fair food, right, or something like that. So we did uh, we did like a like a like a jelly kind of like a play on like a fried like uh, funnel cake kind of smoked salmon cream cheese fried it but then we topped it with like powdered sugar sure, yeah. and like some sort of like jam or whatever but, but we just but I mean we took we took the vessel of of sushi and we just translated it to every style of cuisine like a regional but um, Oklahoma I remember this one in particular because Oklahoma like you were saying like New Mexico has its its own like culture and style sure. Oklahoma their type of cuisine, they're known for like the full meal. <laughs> like, sure. They're just known like a plate full of food or whatever. Like I think of like Thanksgiving dinner. So that was like a really hard one to create. But uh, in Japanese, they have a futomaki, which is a giant roll, and they literally like put everything in there. You know, so you got like some spinach, sure. you got egg, you got um, some dried fish here, you got this or whatever. You know, and it comes out and it looks like a like you would have a Thanksgiving meal of yeah, all these separate little side dishes. You sure. know. <laughs> Um, but I thought that was, uh, you know, really funny that Oklahoma, like that's that's what they're known for, just yeah, like right. a full plate. Well, and you um, see the New Mexico roll. I mean, every every spot uh, oh, yeah. that I go around town, you get you know, the, the the temper green chili, yeah. green chili pot in there. Yeah. Which, I mean, I mean it, you know, it is what it is. Uh, not that there's not a spot for, uh, you know, some of your more other types of ethnic cuisine in town, or or just you know your comfort food or, or that sort of thing, but. There, there needs to be a showcase for for our our, our native cuisine here. Absolutely. And, and, and I feel like the chefs that are making names for themselves and, and really making moves even nationally are the chefs that understand that. And, and, and I feel like the guys that have done those things are those chefs. Absolutely. You know, you, I mean, you look at Fernando Ruiz, uh, who just beat Bobby Flay. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, the guy's killing it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he does that style of food, man. Mm-hmm. He, um, my understanding is food is he implements just a lot of New Mexican elements and, and things people are familiar with. That's I, awesome. You know, yeah. And I mean, that's that's really what it comes down to. You you want to bring an emotion out of somebody you know, when they eat. And, you know, like um, I know that some chefs have a lot of passion or whatever when they write their menus. It's they, like the customer can't translate it. Like they don't sure. know what any of this element is, you know. 
Uh, and if you're in too big of a restaurant where you're not able to educate the customer right there yourself, like for, for myself, I have a pretty extensive menu of tacos or whatever, and, and you know, some this is people's first time eating Korean food or eating Vietnamese food. Sure. Like they don't know like these flavors, but then I'm able to be right there and tell sure. them the story of yeah. what it is and what they're looking right. for and like a lot of, you know. Um, but, so I'm blessed in, in having it like that, but uh, but yeah, I think that's very important is the customer has to be familiar with it. Sure. There, was, there was one restaurant in, uh, in San Diego, Juniper and Ivy, and their whole concept is to take old um, kind of like meals like Hot Pockets or you know stuff that you grew up on lasagna or fried yeah, rice or whatever okay. and they put it they put a twist on it uh, they put their own twist on it they they elevate the cuisine um, sure. you know so um, well i think i think it's 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 a matter of like verbiage yeah you know you being able to explain all the different types of tacos you have and and the knowledge you possess and, and being able to execute them properly right, right? Or, or or even uh, uh traditionally is already going away with the guests, even in terms of their palate. Yeah. You know, it's like the eye eats before the, the stomach type deal. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the guests trust the knowledgeable chef. Absolutely. You know, and, and so we, as opposed to just walking in here and see like 500 tacos on the wall, and like, <laughs> who's this guy? Yeah, you know, yeah. what, what's, what's he talking about a duck for taco? Who is this? And then they meet you, yeah. you know, find out about your background, and like, oh man, I bet this guy actually makes a bomb Korean taco. Yeah. I'll take two. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and I feel like that that's a little bit of like what you got going on is, is you're, you're very personable. Uh, I feel like even when you do the social media spots or whatever, you, you just seem like a dude that you've known for a long time. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like that happens a little bit on social media anyways. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you can sort of develop a relationship with someone that you've never even met in person Absolutely. before, you yeah. know? And, and that's kind of like you. I felt like I knew you. Yeah. I never even met you in person. <laughs> yeah, before, yeah. I think I was just telling Rodney and Valerie, like the first time I think we met was just just the other night yeah. over there at, at sure. the food fight. But uh, I talked. But, but, yeah, yeah, we had talked and we knew each other on social media and stuff like that. And, and it was just out of that mutual respect sure. of just seeing what you're doing. And yeah, just kind of that that unspoken that we just, we, yeah. like this guy well, gets you, it. This guy gets it. And, and you can create that with the guests too. You know what I mean? Where, man, you know what I see this chef? He's always cooking and he's just talking. God, I just feel like. This dude's cool. I want to go eat his food. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he, everything he makes looks good. Uh, uh, you know, and, and you know, people forget that you want to do that because these people come in and eat your food. They're, they're paying for it too, and they're they're supporting you, and they're they're uh, that's real support. Absolutely. You know, because sometimes the, the social media thing, uh, you know, being able to take a pretty picture of something that you may even spent all day on, you know, yeah, yeah. and. And you, that's not necessarily food you're selling in your restaurant. Yeah. You know, and you, and you create this sort of following of likes and, mm -hmm. and this, this digital support, right? That, yeah, that yeah. at the end of the day, doesn't pay your bills either. Exactly. You know, you, you got to be able to uh, generate uh, an actual support system of people that come in and support you through eating your food, right. which means that they're, they're grabbing a menu, they're sitting down and, and, you know, they're paying for it and they're tipping the server too. And, exactly. and all that's support. Yeah. You know, and, and I feel like what you do, does well and, and, and generally because I you know I mean you you had your thing going on previously you know uh -huh. and and I and I felt you were a pioneer in doing it your, yeah. your taco truck was was I mean for just being a cook right and, and someone that wasn't necessarily on the, the the food truck scene at all right but but knew some of those I knew darn well what, where what your place was where it was at and yeah. I knew Raul was even working with you and this and that and uh, you know and and for you to be able to leave town like you did come back and almost pick right back up without yeah. even missing a beat says something yeah. you know people are like oh man it's you know not only are good tacos back in town dominic's back in town yeah yeah you know and and so 
yeah, that, that sort of stuff matters. I feel like the chefs that, that understand, let's say, all these other things outside of just food. Yeah. You know, and connecting with the community, like like how Mike White does. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, putting us on the map, like how Chef Mark Quinones does, yeah. Chef Fernando Ruiz. These, these, Mark was on the uh, was in, featured in Forbes magazine. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's, that's crazy, dude. <laughs> We're just, for, you know, uh, we've, we've got some really, some chefs doing some really big things here. And I feel like they're representing us well. And those ones that are, it's because they, they understand these things. Absolutely. You know, that, that there's a, man, gosh. I think I even read something that Albuquerque is one of the uh, cities that has the most restaurants per capita in the entire country. No way, really? Yeah, you know, and, and the way I look at that is, like, you know, in general, as a chef, another guy told me once, it's hard to get any sort yeah. of recognition. We, there's a lot of us. We all do a rendition of the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh and, and so, yeah, it's hard to, to shine at all. And so mm-hmm. those of us that do, you know, these, these guys that do, it, it's important to support them. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, 100%. And, and 100% not, the guys not that want to hate. put themselves out there, you yeah. know, and they're, they're, if they're, I mean, it's like I, um, sometimes if, I, if I'm doing some sort of thing, you know, outside of my restaurant, so, you know, sometimes you have to pitch that to ownership, right? Because mm-hmm. you're not trying to, I don't own the restaurant I work at, you know what I mean? So it's not, um, I'm an ambassador to their brand, yeah. you know, it's not mine. So sometimes, you know, I don't want them ever feeling like I'm trying to outrun them right. or whatnot, you know. Yeah. And uh, so sometimes, you know, they, 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 anything that I have to get them to understand, anything that's good for me is automatically residually good for them. Right. And so when we're talking about the chef's community, if any of us are shiny, we're all shiny. Absolutely. You know, and, and why, so why hate on that? Yeah. Or, or, you know, or, or try to... Uh, you know, figure out what it is that, how do they do that? I want, you know, I want a piece of that. Yeah, let's just, let him do his thing, man. Exactly. And, and, you know, you do your own thing. And, and there's enough for us to all eat. Exactly. You know, just like there's so many restaurants in town, there, there's enough people here for them to all stay open. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and we're just trying to, you know, the best thing that we can do is, is to elevate all of our levels so that way we're just putting out higher quality product to these people. Sure. And, and, slowly showing them more and more about what is, you know, that that there is more stuff to put red and green chili in. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's oh. so much more stuff sure, yeah, that we can put and, red and, and green chili in. And that's the thing, too, is it, it's that whole stigma <laughs> thing of, you know, yeah. people people hear about red and green chili, and they automatically just think of the, you know, your New Mexican restaurants right. that, that are, that are you know, uh, straight-up New Mexican restaurants. Yeah, you, you get burritos and enchiladas and... and you know, smothered and stuff, and cheese melted right. on it, and that—that's how these ingredients have manifested themselves traditionally over the years. And that's not, there's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't mean we can't take those same flavors and ingredients and implement them into more elevated cuisine yeah. without it being a puddle of chili on a plate with cheese smothered. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I can't stress that enough how how important I feel like it is for people to kind of start connecting those dots a little more and 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 and. You know, start going out to these places that are trying to do that sort of artisan New Mexican, New American food, and and right. you know because I I feel like in doing that 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 really is how we're, you know, for chefs as a community how we're gonna be recognized the most. Absolutely, um, you know, shoot, man, I think we could talk for days yeah. uh, and stuff, man. You you know, you're a, you're a very passionate dude, a very cool dude, a very um, you know you're very knowledge and experienced, and uh, I got so much respect for you. Um, let's go into the lightning round. That's cool with you. Sure. And then we're gonna uh, we'll get into the kitchen. We'll talk about the taco that you're gonna make. All right. But uh, so the lightning round, I just like to ask a couple just random questions, you know, just to help us get to know you a little bit more, and sure. um, you know, just answer them with the first uh, first thing that comes to mind. Uh, how about uh, worst kitchen nightmare? Uh, worst kitchen nightmare. Huh. 
Uh, the one I always talk about is it was when I was at the Artichoke Cafe. We uh, 12, 12 reservations on the books, I remember specifically. And uh, we we actually, I think it was like a Tuesday, Wednesday. You know, those wild card nights, though. <laughs> yeah. And uh, um, I think, yeah, we had 12 people on the books, and we had a party of 50 coming in. Uh, sort of lay happy hour deal right before service, right? 50 people. when they were all coming into the bar for just drinks, right? Because it was, a, I think there was a Pope Joy something going on even. Uh, and lo and behold, they, they show up and, and, you know, all of a sudden, every single one of them starts ordering dinner, man. And, and they had actually all been told that they were going to get dinner. Oh. So, yeah, it just started the, a 12-cover night with a 50-top. And to me, those last, man, that last 20 minutes of prepping before service are the most precious. Like, I get more done in those 20 minutes by yeah. the rest of the entire day. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it happened like 30 minutes before service, and you're just trying to sew oh. those last odds and ends and just bang, 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 bang. <laughs> Whoa, what the? <laughs> and, and it didn't stop, man. Oh, yeah. Like, we ended up being busy on top of that. And yeah, it was one of those nights where you just literally, like, can we stop? Can I just, I gotta, can I just throw a white towel in? I'll, yeah, yeah. I'll give me money back. You can take it out of my check. I just, I can't Close do this. Close the doors. Oh, yeah. We're, I, I'm yeah. hosed. We're, mm-hmm. I can't even believe, like, this. You know, yeah, like, I've, to, I've told them, stop taking orders. Yeah, like, you like, cannot do yeah. anything. They're going to leave me happy right now. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> <laughs> let's just, let's just wipe this one clean. We'll, we'll start yeah, again tomorrow. Hit that reset button. <laughs> But yeah, that turn, turn, and have I had worse shifts than that? Possibly, but yeah, that yeah. is far and away the one that stands out the most. Oh man, I I, I can feel that for sure. Uh, what's your favorite piece of kitchen equipment? Uh, my my favorite piece of uh, kitchen equipment, I, I like the immersion blenders, the little ones. Yeah, I feel like yeah, you know, it's a, it's a food processor on a stick, man. You can you can just you make magic happen with that yeah, little yeah, one, yeah. and I I use it a lot. Uh, okay, for everything, so I like that. Um, What's uh, the funniest complaint you ever received from a guest? Oh, man. I mean, I almost don't know if there's such thing as a funny complaint, but there's ones that make you laugh in a really <laughs> maniacal way, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think um, I think when I was at a Vietcher, a lady complained about the temperature of her water. Oh, okay. And, and adamantly so. Like, like made a big stink about how the water was too cold. Yeah. And... and at the time, that was literally the, the most crazy thing I'd ever heard in my life. You know, come to find out, because I couldn't let it go. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like, what, what you, has anyone else in the world ever complained about temperature? You know, come to find out that you know, some people prefer prefer room temperature water. It's right. a thing, and you know, some of your, your more upscale restaurants. But at the time, I was like, what? yeah, because you yeah. know, sometimes as a cook, you kind of just feel like there are these these these. Uh, Groups of people or individual people that are like they set out to do oh, those sorts oh, yeah, of things. Yeah, you know, the yeah. guy that sits at the head of the table and is your salmon farmed or wild. Yeah. You know, and they <laughs> they they're there to make a stink in some way, shape or form. They're there to be get attention somehow, oh, and yeah. even if it's negative and yeah, they say those sorts of things. In my opinion. You know, no, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> this water's too cold. Yeah, it's <laughs> hurting my teeth. <laughs> <laughs> um what uh okay, so you go to a New Mexican restaurant, what do you order? Uh, what you go to? Restaurant in general, I always try to get something I feel like I can't get anywhere else. Okay. You know, or that I don't, or that I don't uh, make Sorry at home that. often, or can't, or don't have the means to. Uh, New Mexico restaurant—that's not always the case, but I, I like uh, I like carne alivada. Okay. Of, I think that that's usually the one I like to. Like a carne alivada burrito, carne alivada uh, plate. If they have a straight up carne alivada plate, uh, my okay. my favorite in the day was from the Horseman's Haven Cafe in Santa Fe. They had a carne alivada plate with uh, greasy potatoes yeah. and like some flat top oh, yeah. fried eggs. So yeah, I I, I kind of chase after that everywhere I go for 
I like that. Mexican food. Um, what would be your last meal? Oh, man, I was thinking about that one. You know, last meal, I feel like, you know, and this is maybe just me overthinking it. You know, I, I feel like part of you wants to go for the most gluttonous thing you, you could you could think of, you know, like a big, huge steak and, and loaded potato, you know, yeah. just mashed potatoes and ribs and then, you know, but, but I feel like the most appropriate meal would be like bread and water, something just yeah. to, to make you just understand the mortality <laughs> of like what's about to go down. Wow. Like, like these are the only things you ever really <laughs> needed to not be dead like you're going to be in an hour. You know, like, like kind of just, I bet it would be it, it, that simple of a meal would give you that last bit of perspective. Okay. That maybe you wow, need. Wow, man. You that's, know? That's a, that's yeah, over, intense, overthought it. That's some intense thing. Because I wanted to just say oh. pizza or something. <laughs> I like that. Wow, man. Dude, everybody go home and think about that one. <laughs> Write a report on that. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, so, you know, part of the part of what we do here is, you know, we're going to go into the kitchen. We're going to make a taco that represents you, you know. Um, do you know what you're, what you're going to be making? Yeah, I, I think, uh, well, I was talking about my pork dish I like a lot. I do this really specific rub with pork that I feel like, uh, uh, yeah, it just it's a winner, man. It, it, it's got smokiness. It's got a, a little spice. And uh, just so that it finishes off a little sweet, it's real even, and it's aggressive. Okay. Um, and I partly derived that from the inability of being able to get a particular piece of pork I had on the grill, so I wanted some smokiness. Nice. Uh, but yeah, it's just something that ended up working, and it, it almost actually even cures the meat, uh, as aggressive as it is, to where uh, you know I get away with using it on a lot of like junkier pork cuts, uh, which. I feel like it's just kind of representative of me if I'm always that guy that kind of, I'm a rough rider on the line. Uh, you know, I kind of get by with, uh, you know, oh, you forgot your chef knife. Here, use mine. I'll just use a steak knife on yeah. it. And I almost get <laughs> off on it, you know? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and so I feel like pork represents me well because it's just a grimy animal, you know? Yeah, pigs yeah. are just filthy pigs. And <laughs> I even call, I, <laughs> I affectionately kind of like berate my cook sometimes they call him a pig. Yeah, you yeah. know, just when we're, when we're messing around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pig, God, he's messing. <laughs> you know, and so I feel, I feel like pork is, is, it represents me pretty well. Uh, the taco itself, uh, I, I know I told you about like flour tortillas. Yeah. Uh, it's not so much, uh, I, I like flour tortillas better myself. And I think like I'm just kind of a little bit of an unconventional weirdo yeah. in a bit, in a sense. Uh, in terms of the whole culinary scene, I feel like I'm I'm a tall, lanky guy that doesn't really look like he knows what he's doing all the time. Right. And, That's exactly and, what I said when I was like, yeah, <laughs> they're like, is that the guy? I was like, no, no, he's he's tall, lanky, <laughs> tall, lanky guy. You know, and, and uh, you know, just a little unconventional in my methods because so many of them I've just learned through trial and error uh, on my own. Uh, you know, so I feel like a, a flower kind of a little bit outside. It's not outside of the box, but you know, it's it's not your classic street taco. Okay. You know. Uh, and then also just with a little bit of, uh, uh, I want to put some avocado crema in there. I think, uh, uh, I remember Mark Quinones probably made the best fish taco I'd ever had. Yeah. And that, that was one of the things he threw on there was a, just a straight up uh, creme fraiche. Like, yeah. like pure crema made it and everything, you know, yeah. and it, it was good. And so I, I felt like that became ingrained in my head as a, a mandatory for like a really good taco as some sort of like creamy, sour cream element. Yeah. It. Uh, and then pickled onions. Uh, I, I like. I do a, a pickled onions with a red onion and just equal parts um, 
uh, simple syrup and rice wine vinegar. Okay. And, and, and all it does is it just takes the edge off the onion. Yeah. It makes it real bright and vibrant, but you still get that like a little bit of heat. Yeah, yeah, and yeah a little yeah. bit, a little bit of heat, and and then it keeps the onion still crispy. Absolutely. You get the little snap of it. Yeah. Um, and then a little. Um, Plus, it got to like once those onions bleed, you got like that beautiful color. And then the, the vibrance, yeah, yeah, yeah. the colors oh, are outstanding. Yeah. And then, you know, just a little bit of cilantro. And I think keeping it, you know, pretty simple, but but at the same time, uh, I, don't, I don't get all the way outside of the box with everything. You know, I, I feel like I find my spot kind of in the corner of the yeah. box. But, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be so different. I'm not trying to be weird or, or uh, I want to. You know, I tell guys all the time, like, I'm not a food innovator. Yeah, yeah. I just want to make good food. Yeah. You know, and, and, and so, you know, getting an opportunity to make a taco in your spot where you already make really good tacos, I just want to make a good taco. You know, and, <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, I feel like working with pork. I mean, shoot, the other day, I, I have someone texting me, like, man, how come all you ever post is pork and duck? And it's like, man, that's what I have, dude. <laughs> you know, and, and so I, I end up working with pork a lot, too, so that's another reason why I chose it. Um, yeah, overall, I feel like the, the, the taco just represents me because it's a little bit different, um, but it's good. Awesome. You know, and I think that, that's the chef I am is I, I'm a little bit different. You know, I'm a little bit unconventional, but I think I'm a pretty good chef overall. I, I think that's that's awesome, man. That's a, that's a perfect way to wrap it up right there, man. Of, of, uh, your signature on, on food is, is just not not trying to push outside the box, just making good food at the end of the sure. day. That's, that's the most important thing that uh, I think a lot of chefs, yeah, the, the artistic side of things or whatever they forget. And you need just that good base foundation of, of skills of knowing sure. how you know that's where uh, you know you learn through hard knocks, which took experience, you know, tons and tons of, of you know doing it wrong and then having to redo it probably. And then somebody like me who went to culinary school, and and that's basically what they they just gave me the the list to start or whatever, like just do these things sure. and you're gonna make good food, you know? And it was all simple. And then from there, I just started adding my own flavors, sure. you know, and started tweaking things or whatever. But once you know how to make good food, and then it all pretty much is simple. Um, but awesome, man, this has been a great talk, man. Uh, I've, I've yeah. really enjoyed yeah, this. Hey, thanks for thank having you, me. Thank yeah, you so much, it. brother. Let's get in the kitchen, man. Yeah. Thank all you right. so much, man. Cool. Go check out Tony at uh, Indigo Crow. Uh, we're going to get into the kitchen. Um, stay tuned on Facebook Live. We'll be checking in a little bit, and uh, we'll be seeing what, what Tony come up, comes up with. See ya. Oh, sweet, sweet. Oh, there we go. Oh, cheery. Charity. Oh, yeah, we're going to talk about charity, uh, too. Uh, what charity? Do you know that? Uh, yeah, actually, I, I was looking at uh, uh, PB&J. I don't know if you're familiar. No. Uh, local uh, kind of kitchen in town that they they, uh, they feed uh, less fortunate children. Okay. Yeah, so uh, uh, super cool place that, yeah, I feel like they'd be good to support. Awesome. Feed, feeding kids, man, always good stuff. So if you're still listening, um, we're going to feature the taco um, some sometime in the coming future, uh, at the restaurant, uh, Dia de los Tacos, uh, all proceeds from the sales of this taco will go uh, straight to uh, PB and J. Yes, sir. Yeah, PB and J uh, charity, and um, yeah, we're gonna continue doing this with uh, a lot more chefs around town, and uh, just continuing to give back in as many ways as we can. So thank you all for listening. Signing off.